You are listening to the Righteous Woman Podcast. Hello, 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 righteous women and men. It's your girl, Miss Wu, and I am back at it again with another episode. I hope you guys are all well. I hope you all are having a great week, a great day. I hope you all are drinking your water, saying your prayers, um, <laughs> because I know I am. Um, I'm really excited about today's episode. And I know you guys hear me say that a lot, but I'm really, really excited about today's episode because I love love. Like, I love to see people win in relationships. I love to see people come together and really have a great happy ending. I'm the type of person that (laughs) goes on Instagram and screenshots random people who just got married. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, such and such got married. I'm so happy for them because I think it's such a powerful thing to see people win. But one thing that I love more than that is a godly kind of love. Like, I love to see two people come together who are already on fire for Christ and then decide to date God's way. In this day and age, we don't really see that. And I think that it's important to highlight those kind of relationships. And these two people that I'm about to interview did just that. So I met Alexis, hmm, probably back in 2012 when we both were competing for uh, Miss Black and Gold. And since then we've been cool. Um, We don't see each other all the time, but whenever we keep in touch, it's always good things, whether it's a prayer, whether it's encouragement. So I was really excited to see that she met the man of her dreams and they're coming together and they're on fire for God. So if you are single, if you are married, if you are someone who desires to do things God's way, this is a conversation that you really need to tune into. It's going to be real. It's going to ruffle a few feathers. But at the end of the day, I think God's glory is going to shine through. And there's no condemnation if you happen to do things a little differently. But I want you guys to be encouraged about what we are about to talk about. So make sure that you stay tuned, bring your notebooks, because there's about to be a lot of gems that are going to be dropped. (laughs) But without any further ado, I want to introduce my two lovely guests, Mr. and Mrs. Frayne. How are you guys doing today? We are awesome. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for being here. I'm really excited about the conversation that we're about to have. Um, Before we get into the conversation, why don't you each just take a moment to introduce yourselves, tell us a little bit about who you are, and then we can get into the combo. Okay, well, my name is Alexis Frayne, or Jagged A. Frayne. I'm still deciding if it's hyphenated or cool, but Alexis <laughs> Frayne. Really so excited to be here. I'm blessed to be a part of this. I think your podcast is amazing. I've been listening, and it's blessed me thus far, so I'm glad to be a part of this today. Yes. So my background for me, we have we started The Lion's Den, which is a ministry where it's really just about empowering young adults Mm-hmm. And like we discussed, like how do we walk into our purpose? Like how to tap into that? How are we living, leaving a legacy? So yeah. we like curate um, virtual um, and live events where whether we're, we're having a circle where we're talking about forgiveness or whether we're having a financial literacy um, course, like just figuring out ways how we can grow together and be a pack. Like we're not in this journey by ourselves but we have community we have connections so um that's a big part of a form here uh who i am it's near and dear um to my heart so yeah i'm co-founder with uh my husband on that the lion's den awesome 
Yeah, so what's up, everybody? My name is EJ, and I'm really just a wholly devoted follower of Christ. Um, I've been blessed enough to play professional arena football for four years, and I was so on fire for God. I applied for the team director position at my church, which I, I now, that's my current position. Um, I basically serve as the youth pastor at Christ Church in Rockaway in Montclair, New Jersey. And my approach to ministry is basically everything I wish I knew when I was younger mm. is what I try to tell them now, but in a real and applicable way. So like Alexis said, we, we started the Lions Den so we can do just that. So I'm just really excited to be here. I'm a passionate person, so I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. And you guys are going to hear me say that a lot, my listeners. So I apologize in advance, but I am so excited. And I love what you said, EJ, about the fact that your ministry is rooted in pretty much being an example about like, if I knew what I knew then, because I think that we need more examples in the body of Christ. And I think that I can definitely echo those sentiments when you say that, like, you know, contrary to societal views, we don't really see people practicing the things that people who are believers are so outwardly, you know, and that's not to say that it's not happening, but we just don't really see it happening. And I think that it's important for us to be examples because, you know, when you decide to live for Christ, it's not something that you're doing for yourself. You're doing it to be a blessing to others. So shout out to you two for not only using your marriage to glorify God, but to encourage other people, because I'm sure there are so many youths who want to follow this path. And I wanted to start off with this quote because I think it really speaks volumes. And I want to know your thoughts about this because we're talking about waiting and, you know, how it's great to wait on the Lord and the benefits on waiting. This pastor said this quote. She said, there's not a shortage of good men. There's a shortage of patient women. And you can kind of interchange the sexes. But what are your thoughts on that statement? Do you think that's true? Um, I agree. I do think... If you want to look at it from a perspective of, you know, we look at the world today and media and what we see and what's portrayed, if you look at that, you would you would think like, yeah, there's, you know, a shortage of, you know, of men or even God-fearing men that maybe want to do it God's way. But even my relationship has showed me what I think needs to be heightened is more patient women and just really having faith that it's possible. And I think like on our journey, I get it. Like you you're praying for God, like, okay, I want a man of God, somebody that is going to wait with me. And it's kind of like, you you believe it, but it's like, you really got to believe that thing wholeheartedly. It's not about what things look like, what's around you. Because when you do, God will connect and bring those people in. So I think it's more of a thing that there needs to be more patient women or more patient um, men. And then God will bring up, will show out (laughs) and bring that person to you. Yeah. Well said. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree. Uh, the quote that you said was, there's, a, there's not a shortage of good men, there's a shortage of patient women. Yeah. I think that there really is a shortage, and that's because God has set people apart yeah. from, from the world, from the rest. So in being patient as a man or a woman, God is going to give you that person who has been set apart. So I think that both sides of the coin are actually true. Patience is really the key, though, and it's really having faith in God, doing it his way, and it's his job to give you that person that he has already predestined for you. Absolutely. And it's not easy. I love the fact that you were very transparent, Alexis, about your waiting, and sometimes it can be kind of difficult, but, you know, you can kind of 
rely on God's word to know that he's going to renew you with his strength. But there's a lot of people who are waiting for that person and it's difficult. And I think what really sets you guys apart is the fact that you guys were so transparent about the fact that you waited until marriage to have sex. And in this day and age, it's like, what? Are you sure? And as someone who is also celibate as well, too, and has been celibate for a long time, it's been a lot of shame that's been associated with that on my part, not because I was ashamed per se, but just because we live in a very over-sexualized society. People are constantly putting out these things where you have to be active, where you have to be doing these things. So to be in a relationship or even to be single and to be deciding that you're going to be celibate, you kind of wonder if people are going to take you seriously. And it leads me to my next question about being single and waiting. I really want to talk about before you two cross paths, what made you decide to remain pure or practice celibacy until marriage? I mean, for me, honestly, I, I got saved. And if you're listening, if you don't know what that means to be saved, that means that Jesus saved us from our sins by dying on the cross for us so that we right. can be with God in heaven. Mm -hmm. I believe that... I'm pretty sure I got saved when I was 25. If I died before I was 25, I'm pretty sure I would have went to hell. Mm, and that it, yeah, and that, that's because, honestly, I didn't even know what I was doing was wrong. Sexual immorality, fornication, having premarital sex. I didn't even, I knew it was wrong, but I didn't know it was like a sin. Mm -hmm. And that's because this is all BC, before Christ. Mm -hmm. So the way that I decided to remain celibate and pure was... The girl I was dating at the time, who we, we did fornicate, she made a decision to be celibate. And then she came and presented and she said, hey, uh, I just want to let you know, I'm celibate from now on. <laughs> and I'm looking like, if you're celibate, then that must mean that, that I'm celibate too. Wow. And she said, yeah, she said that she read this book called The Weight by Megan Good and Devon Franklin. Right and basically, she highly recommended that I read the book. And so once she made that decision, I made the decision to be celibate with her. We actually broke up a few months later. This is prior to me meeting Alexis. And then mm -hmm. I read the book myself. So to answer the question, I read this book called The Weight. And it truly expressed and explained why we're supposed to wait to have sex until marriage because God has set up parameters yeah. for sex. And that is in the context of marriage between a husband and a wife. And I understood what I was doing. And for the first time, when I read that book, I felt convicted mm. of sexual sin, which I never did before. But when I read that book, the weight, it put everything in perspective and I made a commitment. And the way I am, like I said, I'm a very passionate person. Yeah. I stick to my commitments. I'm loyal. And I said, you know what? One, I don't want to sin against God anymore. Mm -hmm. And two, I don't want to derail myself from my destiny yeah. because that's what I learned that my sexual sin can do. And it's found in first Corinthians chapter six, verse mm -hmm. 18. And basically it tells us to flee from sexual immorality because when we commit, commit sexual sin, we're sinning against ourselves, yeah. meaning we're literally robbing ourselves of our destiny. So once I like, understood that once that was explained to me, I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Everything yeah. I'm doing is instant gratification and it's literally not worth my destiny and it's not worth me sinning against my father in heaven who loves me. 
Right. Yeah. Good point. I, I really admire your transparency and your honesty. And the fact that you said that this sexual immorality can really affect your destiny. It's more to it than God just saying you shouldn't do it before marriage. It, it really will affect your purpose because oftentimes people make decisions after sex. They're not really making decisions from a sound place. It really clouds your judgment. So I think that's really good, EJ. Yeah, man. It was like literally life changing. Life changing. Yeah. Life-changing. And I also read that book as well, too. And it really opened my eyes and it really just gave me a more practical perspective. Because, you know, even though I do read my words, sometimes I do find um, areas where I'm not really too sure about how we can really be tangible about this, how we can really walk it out. So for any of you guys who are listening, I do encourage that you read The Weight by Devon Franklin and Megan Good. Let me, let me just add this. Mm-hmm. Megan Good was literally like my dream woman, right? Not <laughs> really. Then, yeah. Then, I'm like, wait, right. she wrote a, she wrote oh, a book. Alexis, like, all right. <laughs> this is before I met Alexis. This is before okay, I met Alexis. Okay, Alexis is the dream girl now. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so then I'm like, wait, 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 she wrote a book. So I'm already interested. But then the girl who gave me the book presented it to me. I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. I definitely got to read this. So yeah, literally life-changing information. Yeah, nice. Lex, what about you? You want to add to that? Yeah, so for me, growing up, my childhood church, I think I was about 13, and they all, you know, sat us down for, like, a day workshop, and they talked about sex. Like, anything you can think of, like, from a spiritual perspective, they had doctors in there showing us, you know, pictures and explaining the ramifications (laughs) if you, like, they went all out. But for me, it was that, from that day on, I had a strong conviction about, I have to wait forgotten even and you may have heard of it like they have like ceremonies where you um you dedicate yourself to christ and Mm -hmm. you have like a promise ring and Mm -hmm. so i took that very seriously and from that day i just had a very strong conviction about i have to wait and i believed that god had somebody for me and i didn't want to forfeit that blessing i didn't want to miss out on who god had for me because i wanted to have that satisfaction in a moment yeah. or things like that. So it may sound extreme, even from like 13, I've been praying for my spouse. And that doesn't mean like, you know, I'm 13. So it's not like every night, Lord, that's not my main priority. But I always say preparation is key. And yeah. even from a young age, I just was intentional just about praying that, you know, connect me with the person that you have for me, who you want for me. So I just... I can't really explain. I can say just God's grace and just putting that conviction on my heart from when I was a a teenager. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really powerful, you know, being 13 years old and being so convicted, like a lot of people can't say that. And, you know, there might be some people who are listening who feel shame because, you know, they might have made that commitment like myself, but then, you know, they had some times where they, they've fallen. But the good thing about God is, you know, his, his mercy is new every morning. So, you know, there's, it's never too late to decide, you know what, God, I'm going to make a change. And I'm sure EJ, you can speak to that. And you guys are a testament that, you know, when you decide, I want to do things God's way, you get more than what you could have imagined. And people might've thought like, wait, what do you mean you're waiting? It seems so extreme. But now when you've gotten your prize, people are probably like, okay, what did you do? How did you do it? So while you guys were single, was there ever a time where you kind of felt discouraged? And if so, like, how did you keep yourself encouraged to continue to wait for your spouse? So for me, um, I honestly can't say really I felt discouraged. I was celibate for four and a half years Mm -hmm. before we got married. But I was so focused on two things. One, I was chasing my dream. Like, basically, I was, I played, like I said, I played football for four years professionally. And I was so focused on that, even trying to get to the next level, to the, to the National Football League, the NFL. Yeah. I, I was living a purpose-driven life. Mm. Then when I read the book, 
I was like, dang, okay, let me read. Right before I read the book, The Weight, I read the Bible cover to cover. So I started building my relationship with God. And the same way that I was pursuing football, I started pursuing God and mm-hmm. then literally aligning my life with his plans and his will. So I was so focused on Christ. I was so focused on, I was literally obsessed. That's the word that I use. Yeah. I was obsessed. So once I started building my relationship with God, I started going to church because I didn't go to church till I was 24 years old. I didn't hear a sermon till I was 24 years old. Wow. So literally, I felt like I was behind all that stuff. I started going to church and I would hear pastors say that God told them X, Y, Z, or literally last night in prayer, God told them. And I would be like, yo, what do you mean God told you? Like, I, 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 would, I didn't mm-hmm. understand what they meant that they were, they were hearing from God. So I became so obsessed with hearing mm-hmm. from God that I went on a conquest of how do I hear from God? And I was just so purpose driven on that building my relationship with Christ hearing from God which Jeremiah 29 13 says you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart when I started seeking God with all my heart he literally showed himself to me and he started speaking to me every single day so I was so obsessed with that my 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 relationship status marriage wasn't even like I knew God was going to take care of that yeah because I knew once I got God he was going to take care of that I knew that was his job that's really good and I love the fact that you said that you were so focused because sometimes I think that as singles sometimes we could be so focused on our spouse our spouse that we kind of lose sight on this important single season where we can really be used by God and I think that it's really important for us to just be purpose-driven and to really focus on what God has for us because like if you never do get married you don't want to feel like you spent your life worrying about who you're going to marry to the point that you're not really doing what you're supposed to do. Paul talks about it. He says that when you're single, it's the best time for you to really com- devote your entire self to God. And it's not to say that singleness is better than marriage or marriage is better than singleness, but you really have to weigh the options and think about when you're married, your time is divided. So in one word though, how would you describe your single season? Can I use two words? Personal development. Okay. So I literally knew that I had to grow. I mean, my one word could be growth. So when I was 25, that's right when I got saved, this girl who kind of acted as a mentor to me when I was a young, dumb college kid, kind of put me in my place. And she sent me a book when I was 25 called Love, Sex, and Dating by Andy Stanley. Okay. So I started learning so much, but I I realized I had to begin to prepare to be a husband mm. and to be a father, which in, which in society today is really not, I don't think that that's really talked about. Like you have to develop yourself. You have to learn how to be a father. You have to learn how to be a husband. So I was so caught up in personal development, reading books, going to seminars, watching YouTube videos, uh, listening to certain pastors. Like I said, reading the Bible. I read the Bible cover to cover every single day till I was done. Um, seeking God's will. So that one word, I would say personal development. Okay. Lex, what about you? For me, I would say intentional. Mm. So with me, and even to go back a little, I'm going to combine both questions. A question about um, if there's a time you've got maybe a little discouraged in your work. Yes. Um, so it just, you can keep it real. Like I, I met EJ when I was like 26 you know, it's a period of time and waiting and it's easy sometimes to get a little discouraged even while having faith and trusting Absolutely. God. 
Yeah, and there was this point where I was just like, I'm single. I'm not even seeing guys that I'm attracted to. Like, I'm like, what is going on? Like, I've been patient, God. Like, mm-hmm. where are you? And it's just, and the, you have those moments. That's fine. But it's said, okay, now what are you going to do after? And I think that's where it had to be intentional comes in. So what helps me was I decided to, I started like feeding my spirit. I started yeah. reading. I started watching even YouTube videos. Um, there's a Michelle McKinney Hanman. She has uh, had this, the what to do until love finds you. Miles Monroe, the myths of singleness. It's like a three-part series on YouTube. Everyone should watch that, um, that, that sermon. But I started to listen to these types of messages. And that period where I just started to feel discouraged now turned into preparation. I always say preparation is key. Yeah. So my season of singleness was a time of being intentional about preparing what God had for me. And when I say that, that doesn't mean like every move that I take was like, oh, my husband's right. coming, my husband's coming. Because that's not what it's about. Before your husband comes, we talk about you have to love God first, love yourself. Yes. Then you're in a position to love your mate. So that time of intention was about me loving myself, understanding who I was. And even my character, the type of person I am, I had been in relationships in the past and it was just like pouring out, what's mm-hmm. your dream? I'm there. I'm your biggest cheerleader. And that's great. But what about, it was like, well, what about me? And do I know my purpose and my focus on me? So that season of just in, being intentional and understanding who I am, asking God about my purpose, what is, what is my calling and different things like that. I even went to, at one point, I met with counselor, spiritual counselor. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure that I am good and when it's time for God to send my, my mate. So I would say my season of singleness, I would just say it was a time for me to just be intentional in preparing. Mm. So we got intentional and then we got self-development slash growth. So <laughs> I have a, like a quick story. This is so funny. So I'm single and, you know, I am in the process of waiting. And I remember having Praise a conversation. God. Amen. Okay. Because you know what? I ain't going to let nobody shame me. Thank you, EJ. But um, I had a conversation with a guy that I was talking to. It was a while ago. You know, we didn't date or anything. We didn't really get to that point because I was just like, I don't want to call him trash, but he was trash. So we had a conversation and we were talking about sex and waiting and things like that. And I told him being that I'm a follower of Christ, I have a relationship with God, I'm deciding that I want to wait until marriage. And he said something along the lines of, you know, I don't agree with that because I believe that the only way that you can determine that you're compatible with someone is if you have sex beforehand. Kind of like when you go to the car, he literally said this, he compared me to a car, basically. He's like, when you go to the car, you wouldn't buy the car if you don't test drive it, right? And I'm like, wait, are you calling me a car? But hold up, let's stay back on track. And it really made me laugh. (laughs) And I'm sharing this story because I'm sure you guys have received pushback about your choice to wait. Like, has that ever been a situation where you've shared with someone that you are waiting until marriage and then you receive pushback? For me, I I honestly can't say I, I, I had a lot of pushback, honestly. I had a ton of questions, yes. And people would be like, well... Why? Why are you not having sex? What's the point of that? Are you are you like religious or something? What's <laughs> what's the point of you doing that? But I've I've heard that reference as well. Yeah. And to me, that's basically people treating sex as the god of their life. But when you when you love someone like how the Bible teaches to love, First Corinthians thirteen four through eight, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it all those things. Mm-hmm. You're gonna honor your spouse. If you love them that much, you're going to honor them and put them first and do what's pleasing for them. So 
test driving is not necessary. If you guys are compatible, yeah, if you guys are compatible and your relationship is ordained by God, all that is unnecessary is going to take care of itself. And again, that's where, that's where faith comes in. So, yeah. And that's really surprising coming from you. And this might sound very stereotypical, but oftentimes men who are athletes, they're seen as like these guys who get a lot of ladies, you know, they have that locker room talk that we talk about. So the fact that you didn't really get a lot of pushback, that's encouraging and it's a little bit surprising. It's really refreshing to hear you as a male say that you don't have to test drive because that's like what society puts out there and it can be a little bit intimidating, you know? So. Yeah, you're, I mean, you're definitely right about the, the athlete stereotype. Yeah. I would literally have to say that probably 85% of athletes probably, in my opinion, fit that stereotype. And there is locker room talk every single day. Mm -hmm. But the personality I have, when I'm I'm in, I'm all in running through the wall. So once I started, once I was committed to to Christ, like I said, I read my Bible every single day. I was carrying my Bible. So even my teammates, this is when I was 25, (laughs) knew that there was something different about me. And honestly, they, they respected it. That's what's up. What about you, Lex? Did you get um, pushback about your choice to wait until marriage? So I can get from a friend perspective and um, romantic um, perspective. Okay. So, or friend, even like more of acquaintance. I wouldn't say like friend, but there have been people that you know, I've shared my desire to wait before marriage and like how I'm being patient and waiting for God to send a man that would abstain from sex, not because of me, but because that was their own personal choice and commitment to God. So I've had those conversations. Some people have been like, Mm, all right, girl, I don't, I don't know where you're going to find that. Or you may want to go to a church conference. Is there one coming up or something? I don't know. So it's kind of like I've gotten some of that before. And it's crazy, too, because some of the people that I've had those conversations with, they see what I was talking about, what I was praying for, and how God did it. Yeah. And that's something that just even blesses me, that there are people that remember yes. this desire and what I was talking about. Even people have come back to me and said, I remember when you used to say X, Y, and Z and look what yes. God, like they're seeing what God did. And that's mm-hmm. the whole point. We're supposed to glorify God. So that's one perspective. And then on a romantic perspective, I feel like even like some guys, I don't know what it is or if people specifically in college or if people were doing research or something. It's like mm-hmm. people kind of already knew I guess even there's a certain way, like with standards and things, I think was just kind of a little like known, but people may try to get to know me more and find out like exactly what I'm about. Right. So for me and romantic wise, there's been times where it's like, okay, I'm cool with that. You play the role to get what you want. Mm-hmm. But then it did turn the pushback came now once we're involved. And I've been in situations now where um, it was known that I was waiting, but then now that idea of, okay, that's fine, it began to turn into resentment. Yeah. And that's a whole nother ballgame. So I've Listen. dealt with that in relationships. And that's why we talk about being equally yoked yeah. and being on the same page with someone. And even my friends always ask, is this person bringing you closer to God or further away from God? And I'd be like, well, I see the call on the life though. And like, I would never answer the question. It's a yes or no question. And I can yeah. never answer it. And I would encourage, if you can't answer that question, you need to sit down and really say, is this someone that I should be with? So I received pushback even after being in a relationship and um, having people resent my decision to um, wait. 
Yeah, it's almost kind of like, yeah, I know you said you wanted to wait, but like, are you really serious? I can totally relate with yep. that. Like, totally, whole, wholeheartedly. And I'm just like, we had this conversation. Did you think that it was just like, let me see how long we can wait until? So it, it's so funny how people think that when you decide to make this decision, you're just saying it because it sounds good. But no, I'm actually trying to walk the walk. So yeah. I feel you on that one, sis. <laughs> All right, so I want to be real for a second, guys, because, yeah, it sounds good, right? Like you're waiting until marriage, you're in a relationship, and you're honoring God. But <laughs> when you're in your relationship, you grow in love, and I'm sure the desires got a little bit heavier. So let's talk about boundaries. What are some boundaries that you guys put in place in order for you to resist temptation? Because I'm sure there are people who do desire, right? to wait until marriage, but it gets difficult, especially when you're really feeling this person, you're vibing. Like, what are some things that you did to make sure that you didn't fall? Well, the first thing, it's probably the obvious, but even when you're starting off in the period where we started like talking, we had having a conversation about even that we both decided to wait. And even to be transparent in past situations where I may have been talking to someone, it may have been a little like, do I mention this now or when and uh-huh. things like that. And even one thing with our relationship, very early, I think our first conversation, it came up and we were very open and talking about it. So first is being very clear that we're, I'm, I plan on waiting before marriage and we were on the same page um, for that. I think in the beginning of our relationship, we were just like clear on that. And again, I'm disciplined. EJ is an extremely disciplined person, <laughs> like athlete. Once he yeah. sets a goal, that's it. But we dated for three and a half years. I think, you know, the further we got into the relationship, you know, we love each other very much. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes things may, there's been times where we've had to regroup and like reset boundaries Mm. um, just because the line that's being drawn. It's like, "Mm, if we get a little close, let's let's look back and let's see what do we need to do here. So even kind of towards the end of our relationship, like uh, something even just as like making out and things like that, we kind of dial back a little bit on that and just those times where we're just hanging out and maybe we make it out of something we're talking we're having conversation we're having movement nights and things like that so I think the further that we got into the relationship we we are boundaries got a little bit more intense just to make sure that we continue to stay committed to that goal that that we set so everyone has different boundaries or some people even say like being in the being in a room with doors open and things Mm -hmm. like that so I think it's a mixture of conviction too. Like for us, yeah. we can, some people may not be able to be in the door with, uh, in a room with the door closed and that's okay. Right. For the us, that was not really an issue. So I think just, we have like heart checks where we just check in, where are we at? Hmm, you know, where are we going? Yeah. So just being transparent and be like, mm, maybe we need to, let's sit and look at um, these boundaries and things like that. So I think to answer your question, we just, towards the end of our relationship we decided to have less of that intimate time where it's physical maybe kissing and things like that and having intimacy on another level in a Mm -hmm. different way yeah I love that that heart check I think that's like so dope and so needed because it's not always easy and you never want to feel like there's condemnation for the feelings that you're feeling because these feelings are God-given. Like, you know, God wants us to have those desires and it's it's good that you two created a space that you can be real. Like, look, babe, I'm kind of, I can't really be with you like that because I'm feeling these feelings. So I think that that's really good. And I think that it pushes you back to Christ because it just, it forces you to refocus, remember what the goal is and yeah, heart check. Let me add that to my notebook, heart check. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to add to that? Like what she said, 
I'm a very committed person. So once I vowed to be celibate, yeah, like, sex was not even a possibility. Mm-hmm. Like that was it wasn't even a possibility. But like she said, we 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 didn't have sleepovers. Mm-hmm. And we pretty much tried to go home by 11 p.m. So 11 p.m. I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> That's what's up. The, the, the latest, but uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just just boundaries, like she said. Just we're needed, and those heart checks are were really really big time because basically we we would kiss a lot, we'd make out, and then we like like she said, we had to pull back on that. So. I, I had to explain to her mm-hmm. what happened <laughs> in those moments and then, yeah. you know, why it's necessary to do this. And, and she was on board. Again, everything that we've been about in our relationship was preparing for our future. So yeah. like she said, in our first conversation face-to-face, we talked about celibacy and we were in alignment. So yeah, everything was pretty much copacetic. Yeah. And I'm sure that that was like such a breath of fresh air because I'm going to be honest, like I'm still at a place where like I always wonder, like, I wonder how the person is going to respond when I finally have that conversation. But I'm sure you both were like, oh, okay, you too. Thank God. Like now we can just move on and really be intentional. So the fact that you guys were able to talk about that within like the first day of meeting, like I think that that's so good because I think oftentimes, and I'm speaking from experience, we kind of wait until things get a little bit too deep. You're in too deep and it's like feelings are involved and it's just like, wait, I didn't even know that this was your decision. So I think that's so important. Like don't wait until it's convenient, even if it's not convenient, like it needs to be said because you know, you're saving somebody from heartache. You're saving yourself from wasting time. Exactly, exactly. Especially as you get older, when you get older, your, your, your vision is a little bit more tunnel vision. You're kind of more focused. You understand what you want, what you desire. When you're younger, and this is not to make excuses, you can kind of play around it. But as you get older, you get more intentional. So you don't want to waste time with somebody who's, who's not on the same page with you, who's not yoked with you. So I just want I just wanted to add real quick with yeah. the boundaries too. Being with someone on this like same page is so helpful because it's about like accountability. Like use my accountability yeah. partner. So if you keep one hundred, there may be a moment where I'm weak, but that that's where the accountability comes in, and he has to cover me in that respect and honor me and honor our decision to wait. So that's another thing about being equally yoked with someone when you're on the same page. Um, there's a level of a standard that set a level of accountability that you're able to uphold one another to. So that's another really um, important positive, I think, about being on the same page. Yeah, be on the same page, creating accountability. I think the accountability is so key. And, you know, I don't want to continue talking about like, you know, I don't want people to think that, you know, we're sitting here trying to like say, you must wait, you must wait, even though God does want us to wait. And this is the way that I believe and you believe that we should go. But, you know, there's so many benefits to it. And like, how has abstaining from sex until marriage benefited your relationship? Like in other areas, how has it made your relationship better now that you are now married? Like what, what has it helped you? In what areas has uh, it helped you, I should say? Anyone who's listening, if they're honest with themselves, you know that sex clouds your judgment. Because if you're in a relationship with somebody or not in a, you're in a situation, whatever, whatever you're doing with this person, sex masks problems in the relationship. Okay. It clouds it, right? So when we eliminated that, again, that was off the table. Now we can see if our core values line up. We can see if our personalities line up. We can see, like, literally, I got to know Alexis's soul. I got her to, I got to know her spirit. So we got to know each other at our core because that 
clouded judgment wasn't there. Mm, I think that's so key. Yeah. And they talk a lot about that in the book, The Weight as well, too. And I think that was kind of like a light bulb moment. Oftentimes you hear people talk about it in movies and things like that, like this thing where they call it makeup sex, where it's just like they do that and then they forget about the problems that happen. And then oftentimes they're not really effective communicators. The, the first book I referenced, Love, Sex and Dating by Andy Stanley, basically talks about how sex is used. Again, God created sex because it's, it's in his will for a right. husband and a wife in the context of marriage. But God created sex as an adhesive, like mm-hmm. glue, yes. because marriage is tough. You know, we're, we're going to be going through stuff if we're spending 50, 60, whatever years together. Right. That glues us together because two become one. That's what it's for. But if you're, if you're gluing yourself to someone that you're not married to now, like you said, those problems kind of go, go away yeah. through makeup, sex, and stuff like that. And that's not how it's supposed to be. Good point. Anything else you want to add to that, Lex? I definitely agree about like the the clarity and judgment. I just feel like he's my best friend. Having not being able to connect intimately on a physical level of having sex, it required us to go even deeper in conversation. Like mm-hmm. I said, getting to know our, our soul. Like there are other ways to show your love and affection. And so I just feel like it's just adds more uh, layers to the relationship and it's strengthened us now for marriage like even you know there's not we're not perfect there's going to be time like transition and but but it's still I feel like like we're a team we're on the same page so even this transition we've only been married for like um going on four weeks now so but just I can already just see we're veterans at this point I know y'all seasoned shoot y'all better write a book (laughs) yeah (laughs) I think we need a little more time um but yeah I just feel like um I I, we're able our relationship like we're it's deep because of we were able to connect intimately on other levels outside of sex. We we had to have other ways to kind of show that affection. So I think it has helped to lay a strong, solid foundation um, for our marriage. Mm-hmm. And I can go back. I wouldn't change. I'd do it all over again, even though it's not always easy. Yeah. It's, all, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That part. Heavy on the, it's worth it. So I'm curious to know, and I mean, I kind of know because like I've watched your videos and I've had conversations with you, Lex, but like for the listeners, how did each of you know that EJ, how did you know that Lex was the one? And Lex, how did you know that EJ was the one? I really oh man. I know that story. <laughs> man, that's uh, something I was battling with. I'll say maybe a year and a half into our relationship. Mm. I, I was literally so like I like I said I was obsessing about how do I hear from God and I got to the point where I knew God was speaking to me I was able to hear him so mm. I literally asked God is she my wife and I got crickets and I'm like yo what the heck is going <laughs> on so yeah I was I was battling and I asked God and I really never got an answer so what I had to do I basically had to just do an assessment and I said, you know what? We've never had an argument. We've wow. never had one argument. Like we sometimes we'll disagree, but I honor her enough to hear her out, hmm. absorb what she's saying, and then respond. She honors me enough to do the same. So we hear each other out. We take turns like volleyball. Like we, we take wow. turns listening and then responding. We've never had an argument. 
And I realized that she would do anything for me. I love her. She loves me. What else am I looking for? So God, I really feel like God didn't tell me an answer, but he showed me an answer mm -hmm. through her actions. So that's how I knew she was the one. And even the first time we hung out, we just had a conversation in the car yeah. for five hours. And like she said, we had an in-depth conversation about so many different things, an array of topics. And I drew a heart on the window because Aww. in that first conversation, <laughs> I was like, yo, I think she's the one. Mm. I, the first conversation, and then a year and a half, two years later, I'm battling with this. And I had to just, like I said, assess and go back. And I was like, of course she's the one. Mm. And that's real, because oftentimes, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make a comparison between like us being a believers in society, they kind of romanticize this moment of when you find that they're the one. To the point that when you date somebody, you're wondering like, okay, I haven't had this big aha moment. Is that person the one? Sometimes I ask other people questions and they're like, one day God told me she's the one. And I'm just like, is that going to be my story too? So like, right. the fact that, you right. know, you said God showed you. I think that that speaks more volumes than God telling you. Yeah. So for me, it's actually God <laughs> told me. Okay. Um, so with that, God showed me and told me. He showed me through his timing and the way things were working out. So for a little bit of a backstory, I had been working post-undergrad for about three years and it was on my heart. Like I need to go back to school to get my master's. Mm -hmm. And like all these negative thoughts and doubt and fear like kept coming in my head. I'm like, I have to get my resume better. I need more experience. I have to take mm -hmm. my GMATs over, like all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And God told me, he kept dealing with me and he told me, he's like, I need you to go to get your master's degree. He said, I'm trying to add someone to your life romantically, but I need you what? first to take this step here. And I was like, as soon as I heard, I was like, er? like I was like, okay, heard you. let me well, <laughs> get serious here. So like all that doubt and fear, I'm like, you know what? Let me just do it. Let me step out on faith. I got into the program, my dream school that I wanted to go, go to. I got to that program, class started on Monday. EJ was texting me by Wednesday. Wow. And I'm just like, what is, and I didn't, I had known EJ a couple of weeks, mm -hmm. but I would train at his boot camp, uh, fitness boot camp, but I wasn't thinking anything of it. I was just going to train and he happened to reach out to me and I'm just like, okay. And then when, <laughs> the first time we hung out, like EJ mentioned, like we were in the car talking for five hours. And even that night when we were about to, like we were in the car talking and finally when I was going to go in the house, we were like, let's just pray. And he's like, wow. he asked me to pray. And as we're praying, I'm like, because during the conversation, we had talked about our goals and our dreams and what we want to do and everything aligned. I'm just like, he's wow. like, we're almost saying very similar things. Mm -hmm. So I was just like, you know, God, I thank you for the vision. You know, I thank you what we're going to do. And we, we, and I'm saying all this, we, and after wow. the conversation, I'm like, Lord, he's probably like, uh, this girl's talking about we already, but it wasn't me. Like it was the Holy Spirit. Like it was just yeah. that that's what was on my heart. So and literally after I left the call, I had a prayer partner that I, we were praying about career, relationship. Mm -hmm. And I called her, shout out to Vanessa Kwanzaa. And I called her <laughs> and I said, I literally was shaking. I'm like, I met my husband and I've never said that before. And this is on the first night. And she's looking at me like, girl, what? And this is, we've been praying 6 a.m. in the mornings like about relationship and I'm mm -hmm. telling her this. And in my mind, like, I just, just, I've never said that before. Yeah. So when you talk about the weight, 
yes, the weight and not having sex before marriage, but I also had to wait on the promise that God told me from the very yeah, first yeah. day. EJ said he was battling a year and a half. I always knew from day one, but mm-hmm. I can't, I wasn't going to be like, God said, you're my husband. Like, <laughs> no, you, you have to, there's a time for everything. And th- oh, sometimes when God speaks to you, you have to guard that with your heart and pray over it. Yeah. And when it's time for you to release that and speak that out, you'll know. So God told me from literally the first day that we met, like I lit- I called my prayer partner, my hands were shaking. I could literally feel the anointing. I'm like, I don't know what's going on right now, but I found my husband. So mm. yeah, that, that's, that's that reminds me of um, when I was reading The Weight and Megan Good had a similar revelation. I can't remember if it was the first time they met or the second time, but in the book, she talks about how when she met Devon, she knew that that was her husband, but she couldn't just say that right away. So they had to go through dating and things like that. So I love the fact that even though you heard from it, you weren't trying to impose because sometimes that can kind of scare people Mm -hmm. away. Yeah, I don't have to control it. God was in control. So I could sit with it. I wasn't trying to manipulate anything or make anything come to pass. That's not my job. That's God's role and I had to sit back and let him lead. Yeah. And that speaks volumes to like your faith because sometimes you could be so sure about something, but it's just like the other person on the other end might not have realized that yet. And it's just like, do you allow God to just move or do you try to move ahead of God's timing, which can be problematic, which will always be problematic. So yeah. yeah. So again, going back to like your videos, I've watched a lot of your videos, um, the Lions Den and videos on both of your Instagrams and stuff, because like I said, I love love and I love to just see people win. Thank you, thank you. Godly love. So I'm not weird. I just love to see it because I think it's really encouraging. And I remember EJ, in one of your videos, you said that Alexis was the answer to your prayers. And I was just like, wow, that's really powerful. What were some of your prayer points for your future wife? Because I think this is really important for anyone who is praying for a future spouse. Oh, man. You saw that video? Okay. Um, <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> so before I met Alexis, I basically vowed to be celibate maybe six months prior. And I was in a relationship at that time. A few <laughs> months later, we broke up. Soon as I broke up, soon as we broke up, uh, me and the other girl, that's when I started praying for my future wife. And I basically, I, I said, God, I don't want to be in another boyfriend, girlfriend relationship. I'm, mm-hmm. I want a wife. So five things, if you're listening. Y'all take out your notes. <laughs> <laughs> she'll be beautiful. She'll be brilliant. We would have m- matching personalities. Mm-hmm. And most importantly, she would love God as much as I do. Because at this juncture of my life, that's when I was reading the Bible. I was seeking God, all that stuff. And that she would respect the fact that I'm celibate because in, at that time, 2016, I said, what I'm praying for is a unicorn. <laughs> I know that that doesn't exist. Someone who's beautiful, brilliant, matches my personality, loves God as much as I do, and is at least willing to be celibate with me. And God sent me my unicorn. <laughs> Lex the unicorn. I love that. And and as I'm listening to your list, I notice that none of those things are physical. Because oftentimes women more than men, only because I'm a woman, we have like this list that can be very superficial and very physical. And I love the fact that your list was not heavy on the superficial part. I mean, of course, Lex is beautiful, like you know, she's gorgeous, but that wasn't your only requirements. I think that that's really powerful. I had when I was young and dumb and naive, I did kind of <laughs> have uh, a specific list. And like you said, it was, it was more aesthetic based. Yeah. But as I started seeking God's will, I was like, this, this doesn't even make sense. This, Mm -hmm. 
I want what God has for me, period. Right. And oftentimes we think that our type is what we want. Like there's a quote that they said, like your type might be the reason you're single. You think that you have this type, like they gotta be six foot, they gotta be dark skin, light skin, they gotta have this kind of job. And if you meet that person that looks good on paper, right? But then are they really serving your needs spiritually? Are they pushing you closer to Christ? Do your purposes match? So on and so forth. Exactly. So in that regard, I do believe in lists as far as generalities, things that are in God's will, but not specifics, like you said. This height, this weight, this skin complexion. Right. He's a basketball player, but when I say things that are in God's will, I mean someone who's gonna be crazy about you, someone who's gonna cherish you, who's gonna honor you, who's gonna be faithful to you, who's gonna make your happiness their priority, who's gonna be responsible, who's gonna listen to you, who's gonna value you. And of course, I, I still think you do have to be physically attracted, but absolutely, you have to have, yeah, you you have to have matching personalities, which trumps everything. Your, your values have to align. All those different things, those are clearly in God's will, someone who's going to honor you. The, the aesthetics and the physicality, nah. Yeah, I think that's key. You definitely do want to be attracted to somebody, but I think that it's also important to make sure that other things, like the non-physical, are just as um, valuable. Do you think that every person who desires to marry should have a list? Or should you just kind of just let God just completely take over in that area? For me, especially even saying my season of singleness was about being intentional. I think it is important to be intentional. So I don't believe you should have like this laundry list with 50 things on or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But if you ask my friends, like you probably heard me say this before too. I believe in non-negotiables. Yes, same here. That's what I think is important to have. And again, this is not just, you have to partner with God. This is not just about okay, God, I want this, that, that, like, no, you are partnering with God and saying, reveal to me, what is it, what what do you want for me? Or assessing and seeing your heart's desires or like, for me, my personality, I, I'm very nurturing, giving with the wrong person that will go very bad and it will take yeah. advantage. So assessing my heart and saying, okay, God, one of my non-negotiables was somebody that wasn't going to that was going to be just as giving and loving as I was so that my heart would not be taken advantage of in my loving nature. Another non-negotiable, someone who financial literacy was, uh, was important. Someone who, what, that I could grow with spiritually, like we can grow together, together, develop together. So these type of non-negotiables, I think is okay. And it's, again, I partnered with God in creating this. And I think it's good to have this because now you have a standard. It helps so that the wrong one doesn't get through the cracks. Mm -hmm. So if you've said that this person, these non-negotiables, if someone's not meeting that, you have a time to reflect and say, okay, God, is this, is this right? So it's kind of creating standards right from the jump, even before the man comes that, you know, this is who I am. This is what I require. This is what I deserve and um, will accept. So I think non-negotiables is okay. Yeah, I agree too. Uh, There are like some non-negotiables that I have too. And even when I tie it to my my career as a teacher, there's some things, there's some non-negotiables that I just absolutely won't tolerate. So I think that that's good. Like having those non-negotiables, it doesn't have to be a super extensive list, but having those non-negotiables tied to a list that deals with character, I think is really key. So I have one final thing that I want to ask for both of you guys before we close out this interview that I've been enjoying so much. From each of your points of views, what advice would you give for anyone who's waiting on the Lord 
anyone who's desiring to wait until marriage for their spouse. Because I really think that, like I said before, we need more examples. We need more transparency. We need more visibility. We need more testimonies. And I really want to hear from you guys. And I'm sure listeners want to hear as well. For me, I would just say, I would just say to have faith. And by that, it means like, and maybe be intentional and praying for more faith in that area too. You know, we can all, we all can have more faith. And I think like, if we really begin to believe that like God really has someone for us, why are we going to accept anything less than what God has? So if God said, if God told someone that's single right now, your husband is coming on November 10th during that waiting period, you're waiting with anticipation. You're, you're excited. You're getting ready. Like it's coming. You're not sad and just uh, like tired. Like you're moving with anticipation and expectation knowing that it's coming. So I would just encourage people to believe and just pray for more faith in the area and just know that God really does have someone for you. That's what I want people to understand that it's possible. Don't worry about what the world tells it tells us don't worry about society or or circumstances how things appear that doesn't matter because god is greater than all of that so that's why if anything like our relationship i want people to see our relationship and see that like even from a female like females like people like to say there aren't too many like christian guys out there that are wait it's a lie they're out there it's possible Mm-hmm. So I just want people to understand and know that it is possible. God can really do it. This is not a fairy tale. We're not just talking here. This is real. Yeah. Um. So I would just say to pray for more faith in the area as you wait. We can always have more faith. So that would be my advice. Thanks for that. Yeah. I remember seeing your post. I think when you just got married, you said I allowed God to write my love story and now I have a bestseller. I was like, ooh, that part. That's, that's a million dollar quote right I there. I said, girl, you need to coin that. Because that was lit. But yeah, I, I love that advice, Lex. Really good. <laughs> For me, I'm going to try to keep this concise. I'm, I'm going to say three things. Okay. One, seek God first. Two, go after your purpose. And then three, educate yourself. And when I say seek God, basically the question is, men who, who are waiting for the Lord for their waiting on the Lord for their wife, what, what should they be doing? I say seek God because I referenced this earlier. Mm-hmm. When you get God, he's going to take care of everything else. I'm going to give you a verse because uh, I actually preached on this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. This is Matthew 22, 37 through 39. And it, it clearly outlines the priorities in relationships it's love god first and then the second verse says love your neighbor as you love yourself which insinuates that you have to love yourself before you can love somebody else so we have to love god first then love yourself and then you have the capacity to love the woman that god is going to give you so when i say love god that means seeking god that means going to church that means praying that means uh going to bible studies that means fasting i mean i could i could name 10 different things but literally loving god that means communicating with god every relationship is based on the foundation of communication that means talking to god listening to god learning about god in his word seeking god and then loving yourself so one thing that really drives me crazy is (laughs) i'll say sorry 
uh, after college, we'd get so caught up in a, in a day-to-day habitual cycle, you know, basically wake up, go to work, probably come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to sleep. And there's no personal development. There's no self-assessments that are happening. So to love yourself, I think you, you got to do a self-assessment. You got to ask yourself some questions. So one resource is called the five love languages. Love that. And Captain Jim's out here. My notebook is full, y'all. <laughs> so the five love languages, uh, yeah. maybe you guys could help me out, but that's uh, basically you're learning what, how, how you give love and how you receive love. And that's yeah. quality time. That's giving gifts. Mm-hmm. That is physical touch. Mm-hmm. That is, help me out here. Acts of service. Acts of service. And, Acts of service and words of affirmation. So yeah. learning to love yourself is also learning about yourself. So love God first, love yourself. Then you'll be able to love somebody. It's his job to bring you that mate. And then last thing, educate yourself. So we talked about The Weight by Devon Franklin, Megan Good. The book I mentioned was Love, Sex, and Dating by Andy Stanley. Mm-hmm. And the book is that, that's popping right now is Relationship Goals by Michael Todd. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I would say seek God. That is the most important thing. And that's found on the, the basis of reading the Bible, going to church, and praying. Go after your purpose, okay? Ask God what your purpose is. I believe the purpose of life is to know God and then make God known. How we do that, God is going to give us a mission, an assignment, a calling. Ask God what that is and then go after that. And then he's going to take care of the spouse part. So seek God, go after your purpose, educate yourself. That's my advice. Really good advice. So, 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 so good. And I think the one thing, like all of the points were really big, but I think the one thing that I really want people to take away is while you do have a relationship with God, make sure that you're whole within yourself. Because I think too many people go into relationships when they're broken. And oftentimes that's why they don't really like So you've got to have to be whole. Otherwise you're going to be expecting your spouse to fill you up. So I think that that's really, really key. So how can listeners stay connected with you? Because I'm sure after listening to this, they want to, they want to continue to stay connected so you can continue to drop gems. So how can they stay connected with you? Well, we are on Instagram. So my personal account is Lex underscore J. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have uh, the Lion's Den underscore, underscore, underscore. So oh. you can kind of stay connected that way. And if you follow the link in the bio, you'll be directed to our YouTube channel. Okay. For me, uh, same thing, Instagram, EJ underscore white lightning. That goes back to my, to my football days. And then like she said, Instagram, the lion's den, three underscores. Click the link. That'll bring, us, bring you to our YouTube channel where we, we talk about relationships. We talk about things just like this. That's why it's such an honor to be on your podcast. But we're an open book. Listen, awesome. God God has blessed me. I know I married up. I know okay. I'm undeserving. This woman kept her purity her whole life. She She's a virgin. She was a virgin. And now, like, I know God blessed me. So I, I have to glorify God because he has blessed me. I believe that God blesses so that we can glorify him. So we're a testimony. We want to connect with as many people as possible and just kind of share our story, help people be helped. So, yeah, we're an open book. Awesome, and I really appreciate that. 
just to add that uh, the Lions Den were coming out with a new series, Relationship Ready. Um, so that's going to be coming out soon. So it's kind of like an extension. <laughs> just a shameless plug. But yes, um, I think God has put some really good stuff in our heart. And we just want to share it with as many people and just to encourage people, you know, that it's okay to wait and it's okay to do it God's way. And it's it's so uh, worth it. So stay tuned for that. Relationship uh, ready. Series. I, can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm so grateful that we were able to come on here and have a conversation. I'm so um excited for the people who are about to listen because i know they're going to be dropping so many gems thank you guys so much and if i haven't said it before i'm really happy for both of you you guys are doing it like you guys are really just allowing us to see that kingdom love exists like you can still have swag you can still have a personality you can still be an athlete you can still be beautiful and still have a relationship that is godly and it's fun like you know you guys seem like you guys are very in tune with one another you guys have a good time and it's really encouraging to see so thank you so much for coming on this podcast it's really an honor for you guys to come just as an honor thank you so much yeah thank you so much and just i don't want to pass this moment up to just speak over you and your life and just how God has been moving. You know, I've known you for years now. And when I look at you, I see someone that's not afraid to just step out on faith. Like you're moving. I don't know what things are in your closet, but like the things that you just step out and do, I know it can't be easy, but you, God has given you a grace and you have a special anointing and a powerful calling Oh, this this channel a calling with a businesswoman like so many things and he's giving you multiple avenues and i declare and declare he's going to expand in every avenue and i'm so yeah. excited to just see all that god is doing through you it's been amazing to watch and you know i'm rooting for you and i know you're you're winning now and you're going to continue to run so, amen amen yes. I really, thank you so much i really appreciate that and as usual, thank you so much to my listeners for really taking out the time to listen to the Righteous Woman podcast. So if you like what you heard, please make sure that you share, subscribe, like it, and I will see you guys later. Lex and EJ, Mr. and Mrs. Frayne, thank you so much. I hope you enjoy the rest of your night. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye.